cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. Ground is soft, it's not it's, no, it's not, it's heavy. Soft on time. It's, it's heavy. Okay. And a very warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. On this Sabbath, joining me today is Lon Malvo from Twitter and John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot. Welcome, guys. Yeah. Hello. Yes, and uh, what a, what a good show we've got today. We've got many many questions, and can't thank you enough for sending plenty in today. Because sometimes, you know, we just have to waffle a bit, um, and we've got plenty to go at. So, without further ado, um, I'll get straight on to um, the first piece of business today, chaps. And it, it's a it's a sad day for me because this this track has provided me not only with winners as an owner, but but winners. As a as a better, you love studying the old subtle biases and um, you know and everything else. And it's a sad day that subtle, after thirty two years, is no more. Are we feeling sad, chaps? Mm. Well, I start um, in thirty two years. I think you can count on the fingers of a mitten the number of winners I've bet at subtle. So <laughs> for me, I think they should dynamite the fucking place. Can't, <laughs> cannot could not wait for it to be churned up and have a theme park instead on it. Horrible place. <laughs> but that is an entirely partial view, I, I, I'll stress, but hate it. Sad thing is, though, that they're having the, the, the old tapita uh, laid down, yeah. um, which, which John, I suppose, will attract more of the uh, better new market horses, do you think? Well, you know my feelings. I can't wait till we've got tapita everywhere. So I'll tell you what. I mean, you said you said this to me a while ago, and I was horrified. Uh, it was early, in our, the early days of our podcast, and somebody asked a question. You know, would you would you go? Would would you prefer all all, all weather tracks? And you said absolutely, one hundred percent. And I just I was horrified with your response because I'm thinking no more grass. And then I think this season, I think it's proved it. It's proved your point in spades. Um, yeah. I mean, are you going to miss Southern all, John? For it's. Uh, only from a very, very nostalgic point of view. Um, if you cast your mind back, we had a terrific day there a few years back. I think it was the first day of the Chester May meeting. And uh, yourself and Christian had three winners between you. And a couple, we had a couple of winners elsewhere, didn't we? And oh, what a tremendous day, yeah. Um, yeah that was yeah. our good. Sill at his best, lifting him home. And uh, yeah, that, that that was me me fondest memory of Subtle. Yeah, that was I had a double that day at Subtle. It was uh, Boy the Bell uh, under Sylvester de Souza and um, Freedom Flyer again under the the great Brazilian. Lifting him home. Lifting him home, still yeah. lifting him home. And and John was bouncing that day because he got big multi bets running. He was getting very very excited. Was John that afternoon? Um, but great memories that Subtle's provided. I'm sure listeners out there have also got some fantastic memories. There's there's literally been some amazing standing dishes at Subtle. Um, I'm just trying to think a few off the top of my head. Uh, you know, Rambo Dancer, Kill Kenny. You've got. I bet you've got many Subtle favourites that have just won race after it. The old Don Cantillon had one with glass legs that kept winning round there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was so you didn't claim it. Glass legs. Yeah, they all got all got bandages, didn't they? <laughs> had the vet following it in, you know, with a syringe. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. you don't, you don't want, you don't want to claim this, son. No, oh, it's, 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 shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As they come. Um, but many good memories, and I, I hope the tapita surface does what Subtle want it to do, which is basically to, to obviously. Uh, I would think because so, Southall is a is a very good race course for Newmarket, and obviously Newmarket don't send many there. And I think that's that's behind the thinking that they're going to get Johnny G and the gang yeah. to, to send their to send their uh, juiced up warriors uh, on the tapita instead well, of the yeah, instead I'm looking of looking forward to seeing the shagging shirt walking the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the sh- down. Yeah, this the shaggy shirt turning up with it with it nicely unbuttoned uh, on a on a summer's day. If Subtle do do race, I mean, well, they're racing in August today, so I mean, you could see Haggis turning up August back end next year. You know, on the tapita 
Uh, only if his chauffeur plugs it into his sat nav. I don't think he knows where it is, does he? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought be on to know where Saddle is, to be yeah. honest with you, but we'll see. Definitely not many runners. Um, yeah, so, so, so Andrew Woodman sent that point in there, so thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, uh, none of us will miss it. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, right, which brings us on to a few other, other questions. We're going to get through these and then on to the uh, main part of the show and discussing a bit about York and a few York questions as well. Um, a few fun questions here. Uh, randomly here um, was from Adam Webb. Um, and, and he's on about pundits, presenters, and commentators. And apparently, like they've done a racing TV's done a like favourite commentators, uh, presenters, and pundits. Now we haven't really got time to go through. To- he wants the top. He wants our top three in each category, but we haven't really got time to do that. So I would say, if can you guys pick me a top pundit, a top presenter, and a top commentator? Who's your favourite? I'll start with you first, John. Uh, top pundit would be Graham Cunningham. Yeah. Purely on the basis of him offering that lad out for a fight on the Betfair Forum. I'll never forget that. That was that was one of the highlights of the existence of the Betfair Forum. Yeah. yeah. Um, inside Scope, I think he was called. Yeah. And Graham Cunningham was going to see him in the car park at Chester. Yeah, for a straightener. <laughs> yeah. Um, Appleby Horse Fair, have a straightener in the yeah. car park. Yeah. Um, I think the best presenter, I like Lydia the best. Um, special mention for Leona Mayer, though. I think she's an up-and-coming star. You feel as though you can sit and have a drink and a yarn with her at any time. Uh, absolutely, um, yeah. And uh, commentator, uh, best commentator, I think probably Simon Holt. Yeah, that's, 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 fair, that's fair enough. Uh, some good, good choices there. I love the Cunningham one. Um, um, Chris, you're... Uh... Well, I mean, I think Simon Holt, yeah, I'd go with him for commentary, but I, I think they're all in the bottom three for me. I mean, they're, they're all sort of the same as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't think anybody stands out. I do think, I agree that Leona Mayer uh, displays an impressive level of knowledge. Yeah. Um, but that's countermanded by her Twitter, which is all pouting selfies, which puts me right <laughs> off. So she's relegated. I think beats the home league for her. Uh, but yeah, Simon Holt will be the only one that stands out. The rest can, yeah, go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, um, I would say presenter. I'm gonna say um, Nick Look because, and by the way, Nick looks, you know, gave me gave me plenty of uh, disdain. For yeah, my Twitter post towards him, figure. but that that yeah. proves that proves how 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 I rise above it. I, I can tell you know you can criticise me all day long. I'm not bothered. But yeah. Nick Look for me is tremendous. Um, I, I, I think he's ultra smooth. Um, so Nick Nick Look for me. Um, agreeing with John on the commentator Simon Holt over time. Though I, I must admit, I think we we've lacked a star commentator now for for, for some while. Um. And so, yeah, I, I haven't really got a really favourite commentator. Michael of... O'Hare was my all-time favourite. <laughs> yeah, he used to get very excited over anything, didn't he? Yeah. Quite like that. You should love him. And uh, I also agree with John on um, on, on Leona I think I think um, Breath of Fresh Air uh, certainly um, brings a bit of knowledge to the game, you know, does research, thinks about it. And, you know, I, 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 yeah, an easy on the eye. There you go. <laughs> Like us, really. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, thanks, Adam, for that question. Uh, next question it comes from Steve, um, and um, he says, "What tools do you use for form study?" John, I'll come to you. Eyes. Eyes, exactly. I mean, I mean, that's it. That I don't think there's many. I mean, you can you can buy every form book on the planet. I mean, I I, I subscribe to Sign Form Pro Form. Uh, racing post you know my monthly bills are, are astronomic right and i, I buy sectional timings and I, this that and other um i pay for information also occasionally um and but the best tool that's this is john this is john lang he's fantastic he's bang on the money the, the best tool are your eyes exactly that john um you know because at the end of the day, end of the day, you could have speed figures, numbers, sectional times. You could have people saying this is this is an, the, the second coming, but 
the eyes, I think, overrule everything. If there's something you don't like about it, John sometimes will say to me on private chats on a Saturday when he's he's messaging me, and he'll say, "I really don't like this. I, I don't I don't like how this has gone forward, or or it's not, you know, if if he if he picks something out like that, I think that's far more invaluable than than a phone book can tell you. And I think that's it. It's just over time, Steve. I think I think you know you, you as an eight a young whippersnapper you you're still learning the game or whatever as you, as you move forward in life i think that's it it's your eyes that are the most important um and i mean coming on to another another subject chaps i mean that it was a pre-jax limawa today and i see i see that everybody was bouncing over uh the winner palace pier uh, my opinion was i i thought the second should have won five minutes john it's a bit interesting, isn't it? I mean, Gosden's gone on there to explain how frightfully clever he was again because he's gone there 10 days short, apparently, which uh, had the horse at 80%. Yeah, I've, never known, I've never known anybody have a horse at 80% 10 days before a K race. Yeah. But um, once again, the, the waffle goes unchallenged. You know, uh, because he talks very loudly and very clearly. <laughs> we still listen to him. He's an you know, and we all have that natural deference to people that are, right. are betters. Quite right. Yeah, it's a natural order of things, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, um, just watching the race back, I could not believe uh, how Kevin Manning was sort of sat up in the saddle. He with about Bernard two, Manning, didn't they? I thought two, he absolutely screwed up there, I think. You, you know, two two to go, and it's it's you know, this this horse will get ten furlongs standing on its head, really. And I'm thinking, you know, you you need to kick, you really need to be going. And and this weren't after time, and it you just you know, as it happened. Um I'd no bets because obviously they'd shortened up poetic flair. Um, so I didn't I didn't get involved um, from the initial anti post prices, but but yeah I I just thought Poetic Flair should have won. I think I think I think people are making excuses when they said they were on different parts of the track. I think if you Kevin Manning, you you not you not you never ride Poetic Flair for a turn of foot. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's solid, Kev. You know, but you know I, I don't think I've ever seen him win a race. He he ought to have lost if you get me. You know, I, I, I've never really seen him pull one out of the fire. You know, but I've seen loads of couple where I thought, yeah, somebody else might have won on that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he's, he's a good, solid jockey. I'm not having a pop. Is he older than Joe? He'll be up there, won't he? will be yeah. Joe, Kevin Manning, Dan O'Neill. You know yeah. what I mean? I'll be sat around with pipe and slippers, won't I? Yeah. <laughs> Doing a jigsaw tonight or something, and then the walk mm. up and drink in an early bed. Yeah. Um, right, moving on to the next question. Um, Phil Burr Bagshot has been on, and he said, guys, um, are racing channels in the bookies' pockets, in your view? Um, uh, I'll come to you, Chris, first. Have you got any opinion on racing channels in the bookies' pockets? I don't say in the pocket, but I think, like, the trade paper, you know, they are mindful of, of the advertising revenue that they derive from bookmakers. So, you know, straight away, they've painted themselves into a corner. So, I, I, to some extent, they are. I mean, they're not free to say precisely what they want to say because they are in a, a joint venture with bookmakers. So, so I, I agree with the tweet. I suppose to some extent they are, yeah. Yeah. John? I think the way they're put together, there's no go areas in every aspect of the coverage, to be honest. I mean, uh, there's certain things they can't say that maybe would be detrimental to bookmakers. And you, you know, yourself, you start reaching from it to say something on certain occasions, and they, they don't. Nothing happens. But the same happens with trainers and jockeys because they're dependent on trainers and jockeys for interviews. I mean, why they want to interview, I'll never know. Because well, who cares? You know, it's not like sort of footballers where, you know, there are, the people do clamour for, for interviews from managers. But jockeys, who gives a shit? Yeah, quickened up well two out. Nice horse. Where's he going to go next? I know I have to speak to the owner and the trainer. Well, I, get, I, I get what you're saying, Chris. You know, I mean, to my mind, it wouldn't bother me if I never had another interview no. jockey. No. Absolutely right. Same goes for stable tools. Couldn't care less what this trainer or that trainer said. You know. Producers seem to think it's all important. Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting, yeah, but no. Um, next question, we've got plenty this week, um, is from Tommy Kennedy. Um, hello, Tommy. Um, and he said, any chance John would go into his memories of what it was like when Shergar went missing at Scouts? Um, don't think this is quite accurate, but anyway. Did they know more in the yard or were they in the dark like the rest of us? John? Now, bear in mind I was still in my pram. Um, <laughs> you drive the whole box out of Ireland, didn't you? I heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shergar was long gone from Stout when he was kidnapped. He was at the Aga Khan stood in Ireland. Um, and my opinion of what happened hasn't changed really. I think it was the IRA. It was a terrible misjudgment on their part because they thought the Aga Khan was still the owner. The house had been syndicated, which meant all the members of the syndicate had to be contacted relating to the ransom. And I don't think there were proper horse people that had nicked, nicked the horse. And I think, it, sadly, he was shot pretty quickly. Yeah, very, 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 very sad story. Um, so brings on to another, another question um, from Mark Mackay. And he says, what is your most satisfying winning bet ever? And why, Chris? I'll come to you. Your most, what's your most memorable like winning bet, and why? Your most I, satisfying. Well, Seymour uh, Business's um, Gold Cup win. That 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 that's mine. Um, I took an anti-post price, uh, which was roughly half of the SP. So uh, yes, I won a few quid, but I could have I could have made a, a good deal more cash out of that. So I remember that it's bit bit bittersweet for me. So Seymour Business's Gold Cup. Cool. Uh, yeah, I remember it well. Um, yeah, I John. think I took eight to one anti-post, and I think finished on fucking sixteen to one or something. So yeah, that that, that was typical. Yeah, it sounds like me that as well. <laughs> You've got the value six months yeah. before, and you double the price. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. John, uh, your most memorable bet and why? Um, North Leighton, the Derby anti-post. Ooh. Go uh, on. So tell me more. That would be my best. Um, but I really pegged the horse as a derby prospect before he'd run, and then he, he ran at Sandown, I think it was, first time up. Didn't do anything wrong. I think he finished second to something that probably never won again. Typical Sandown debut, one of some aches. Um, <laughs> then he, he went and won at uh, Goodwood. It wasn't, didn't look a very good race, but... I was absolutely delighted with the progress he was making. I mean, he was a wonderful physical specimen anyway. Um, and I, I said to Peter Reynolds before the end of the season, I said, I think you've got a real live derby prospect there, Peter. And um, I, I started to get stuck in. Uh, and, uh, well, William Hill's got a fair bit of damage anyway. I mean, I can remember... I can remember the, the gamble on late, the, it was very late money for North Light. Do you remember, John? Yeah. On the, on the day. Yeah, yeah. Real, real strong late money. I, I always like that strong late money. Um, you know, in the in the big group ones, I always think there's something in that. That's Every, like everything went as sweet as a nut with the arse. The build up to the Dante, um, never missed a day after the Dante going to Epsom, and his constitution was fantastic. Um. Never had a worry with the arse, to be honest. It was a smasher. And it, Put it was, up by Henry Ricks on the day. Two points win, apparently. Wow, great, great, great memories. Explains a lot. Yeah, collapse, smashed that. All, all clients in Clover that day, yeah. Wow, good memories. Yeah, got, yeah. good old Henry Ricks. I think he's yep. still knocking around his Henry. So still, some... I, I get an email from him every other week uh, with, with increasing discounts to join. So I'm obviously on a list somewhere. Okay. Yeah, good old Henry Ricks. Um, mine would be, uh, I've, I've mentioned this before, so I'll not go on too much, but my own horse, Sotral. Um, yeah, uh, she won at Newcastle in May. I think it was 2011. Um, uh, biggest bets of my life. Um, I've never, ever come close to having that kind of money on a horse anytime, anywhere. Um, I thought she was an absolute certainty. I think she was 72 in the morning. I thought I, I made her a four to seven shot. Um, and she went off seven to four. I, could, I, I just couldn't get enough on one five lengths. And I just thought, at last, something you know, she's not coming <laughs> with bell, belly ache or a wind problem. 
you know. Something's gone right. Yeah, yeah something's actually gone right for Boy him. the Bell was special at Ripon as well, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the other one was Boy the Bell at Ripon in the cellar. Your uh, monkey's first winner. Yeah, uh, I rang John up and said, come on, we're going to Ripon and we're going to hammer this in cash. Um, I've got a lot of cash to get cash to get rid of as well. Um, you know, a lot of Scottish banknotes. Um, <laughs> white, white fibers from under the bed. I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Money, yeah. So, so me and John turned up at Ripon. Um, uh, my wife Jess came, and and I can remember like uh, afterwards, you we went down the line, smashing it nine to five. Yeah, Jess's handbag, couldn't we? Ah, I mean, it just I got this big coat on, this big long sort of rain jacket style coat on and I mean you know I, I'm a big lad anyway but I think I look 40 stern <laughs> <laughs> giant haystacks yeah was, I mean that, that that was special and that was Kevin Lundy's first winner everyone wow. we, we gave Kevin Lundy it was for jockeys that had not ridden 10 winners and we had a little tip off that old Kev weren't too bad so we booked Kev um, I think he was riding at the time for um, about eight hundred reds for Dangerous Dave, haven't he? Dangerous Dave Evans, yeah. You know what an odd task. I mean, Dave, Dave Evans at that time would be so pissed up that you know he's probably not noticed Kev being any good. So, so yeah, um, we uh, we nicked him, and that that was that, and that was what a great evening that was. John 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 zoomed off back back to the northeast. I, I zoomed off back to York, and it was it was just fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Good times, right? We move on. Um, to the next part of the show, and we're going to talk about betting in general in in this game. And I, I am so con- I, I've said it before on podcasts, and I don't like to be repetitive too much, but I'm hearing more and more terrible, terrible stories of people being restricted, not just from be winning money, but the new elephant in the room is. You know, if I mean, I've had one one email this week, chaps, from um, he wants to remain anonymous. That's fine. Um, and he said he's been on Betfair for five years. He's enjo- he enjoys the game, loves the bet on the horses. Absolutely. You know, he's, he works, you know, he's, he's a full time employee, um, but he enjoys the bet on the horses. So he's seven thousand up lifetime on Betfair. Right. And apparently the other week he, he, sort of, he said, I lost my head a bit. And I, I deposited a couple of grand. You know, it's one of them things. You, you just kind of lose it from time to time. Like we all do. I do. Everyone does. Um, and he got the dreaded uh, Betfair vote of no confidence from the from the gambling team. And basically, unless he produces documents to prove his earnings, uh, he's going to lose his account. And if he does, and I can t- I've told him already, if he does produce his documents, it, they're probably going to limit him on his salary they're probably going to limit him to probably, I don't know, £150 uh, a month deposits, that kind of thing. Now, as I've said to John before, um, and John totally is on board with it, on side with this, um, if you have a levy-based system on, you know, on turnover, uh, on, on bets made, and, you know, it, it's how on earth can racing survive if this continues? It, I, it frightens the life out of me, chaps. I mean, the, the thing is as well, there are more people now betting on false accounts, betting on other friends' accounts, as in because they can't get on anymore so that they have to use somebody else's. That the, 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 the BHA won't know anyone that's on this integrity team now. It's a complete joke because no one will know who's betting with who. I mean, I can tell this. I can tell you now this is for a fact. This is This is not hearsay. There are trainers currently in this country that operate, and I, I, I'm not going to name names. I'm not stupid. I'm, not, I'm like Jim. I'm not going to name names. But they are bet, they are betting in India. The ones that want the gambles on, they are betting with in, unlicensed Indian bookmakers. Wow. Right? Wow. And, this, and I'm not talking small amounts of money, large wow. amounts of money. Wow. And because you cannot get on here. So what is the point? You know, it's like you can't sell the dream. You can't sell the dream of being able to win. You can't. You can't deposit. If you win too much, you're barred. If you lose too much, you're barred. So what? What on earth are we? We stepping into something really dangerous for the sport. Yet the the BHS. Where's the horse betters forum on this? To boot, John. I'll give you the floor. Well, I've got. Uh... Several accounts in here. His name. I've got um, 
I've got two accounts of the leg breakers. They haven't had to use yet. Um, but, I mean, they're just completely black accounts. Um, I mean, uh, nobody's in the... Like, as regards the racing game, the racing game's not going to do any good out of me having a bet on any of those accounts. No. Um, it's, it's absolutely horrific, you know. I mean, basically, bringing all this in, racing is shoving a foot up its own ass and then trying to run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mental that, image. That, that's where it's going, you know. And you just cannot say... A plan. There isn't a plan, you know. Nobody can actually explain what racing is trying to do going forward, because all, all they're doing is lurching from lunch to lunch, and yeah. there's nothing there, absolutely nothing, because nobody has a plan, fucking clue. No. Racing is heaping its own funeral pyre, isn't it? With a levy-based system, it's doing everything it can to dissuade gambling, the thing that keeps the sport afloat nobody wants to talk about or encourage and, and in your wider society there's sort of two camps isn't there that there's the bookmakers that want a client base that uh, you know that, that, that are just sort of reckless medium and small time gamblers you know the sort of people that watch love island or anton deck's saturday night takeaway and think it's great and they want millions of those sort of people punting their their conkers away on correct scores and time of first goal score nothing to do with racing and then you've got the other side, you've got government that are saying that basically everything about gambling is bad. It's the new tobacco. And in the middle, you've got successful pundits or people that aspire to be successful that are being squeezed. And, and that's the problem. And nobody's encouraging responsible gambling. <coughs> They're just not. It's never discussed. It's not talked about. ITV sort of uh, give a cursory remark about, you know, the, the, the ITV7, but that's about it. Uh, and, you know, responsible gambling isn't promoted or, or given a shop floor, which is bizarre, given that that's how the, the sport functions or thrive. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with James Knight on Twitter, uh, Cor- uh, Coral's odds compiler. Um, and he so well, he did. He called me a parasite. Um, he, he said basically he that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I probably does. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he um, he said. Well, he said he said that professional punters basically are a parasite. Now, I tried to let that sink in for a bit because this is a chap that works for a company yeah. that basically ruined uh, God knows how many thousands of lives yeah. betting on casino slot machines. Yeah. You know, spin, spin, spin as many times as you want within an hour. And then they've got the goal to call someone that gets up, gets up at 6 a.m. when he can be bothered, um, you know, graphs away, finds an edge, make, makes a living, you know, provides liquidity to, to others that is in the system, pay, you know, pays commissions, so therefore it pays wages. So therefore, you know, the, it, it's in the ecosystem. But yet I, I failed to see his point that, that I'm a parasite. But then, John, is it because... because I, I take out of the system that I am a parasite. What what what's where's what's your stance? I don't get where he's coming from at all, Colin. No. I just normal. I mean, it, it's the whole. You know, just to go back. Remember, you know, Barney Curley's rant about the, them their takeout merchants. Well, frankly, you know, ninety nine percent of people in any industry, you know, that are employed that that need to, to need income to live are, you know, by definition. Take out mode, they're parasites. Nobody on Racing UK does appears for the good of their health or for altruistic reasons. Barney Curley ran horses for his own benefit, you know. So, so I, I have a real problem with this notion of parasites and takeout merchants. I mean, you know, any employee is a takeout merchant. You know, there's no obligation for them to put something back into the system. You know, if you're, say, you're an accountant, you have a 30 year career with, I don't know, Ernst and Young. At the end of it, when they give you your gold clock, they don't say, oh, I think you better set up, you know, a, 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 a charity for aspiring double book, double entry bookkeepers, give something back to the accountancy industry. No, you go on retirement. So I, I don't get his point, uh, you know, by using the word parasite, because, you know, he is he's an employee, presumably. So he's a he's a net uh, receiver of the largesse of, of Coral or whatever his employer is. You know, he's not handing his salary back, presumably every month. 
No, no, it's, it's exactly that. I mean, I, I didn't want to start a 25. Did, did you ask him who wasn't a parasite? I'm going to say that, yeah. It's, Everyone it's, is. You know, I, I, in the broadest definition, we're all taking from from whatever industry we're employed in. It's true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I mean, he's, 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 he just he, his comments took took, took me aback because I'm thinking, you know, coming from your position where you work from for a company that basically, you know, just absolutely destroy. I mean, this is the bit. This is the bit where I agree with Shilton, um, Peter Shilton. I mean, he 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 says that that the that gambling ruins lives. Well, it does. Yeah. So it does. But I mean, it depends how you do it. If you if you've got hundred percent books on Betfair, it's impossible to lose money quickly, you know, yeah. over over time because you, you've. But if you're if you're on a slot machine and it's thirty percent over round and you can spin God knows how many times in an hour, then you, your fate is going to be decided very very quickly. Yeah. Um, and it's and I, I, I'm amazed at the lack of common sense from governments on this. And and from anybody within the industry, well, well, of course the industry does not want to ban slot machines because it's such a massive earner for oh, them. Oh. Why would they? Um, but but you know, so-called professional punters or even even um, uh, like Saturday punters that they, that I've heard they're banning at the moment. It's just literally, God, the, the, if people don't wake up quickly, this sport is going to be absolutely decimated within ten years. Within yeah. ten years. There's going to be hardly anybody left. I mean, I'm already thinking of my exit strategy. That's how bad it is. I started a blog um, on 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 Barstuvers YouTube, doing a professional punters blog. You know what, like basically yeah. what to look for, how to, you know, like basically something interesting for people to learn yeah. and improve. The problem is. I've stopped doing it, and someone asked me why I'd stopped doing it because I've lost enthusiasm to do it. Yeah. Because why do I want to get anyone involved in a sport that restricts that the minute you show any form, um, you, they're going to ban you. If you have a bad run, they're going to ban you. Um, what's the point? What mm. what is what is the actual point? You've got to sell a dream before you sell a bet. And as for the on-course market, the on the, the on-course bookmakers have had it very rough. I agree over the yeah. last year or so. Right. Jeff Banks has done his nutting over the last yeah. year. Yeah. But but <laughs> but, but um, John's best friend is Jeff Banks. Um, <laughs> He's everyone's best friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, the the thing is. Um, they need to offer something different. Remember, come racing in the old days, John McCreary. You say, yeah. come racing. Why? Because you saved the betting tax. Yeah. You could turn up to the race course. You didn't have to pay your 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 ten percent uh, betting tax. You know, which was an absolute killer. It was, you know, if on bets in the betting shop. So everyone used to go racing for that. Many used to go racing for that reason to get a bit of tax free. Now. The, the on-course market offers nothing different other than yeah. they've got the Betfair screens on. They're all looking, oh, can we edge at that? Well, we'll lay you seven to four because it's 15 to eight on the machine. They need to come up with something ingenuitive to make it attractive to go back on course. And if they can do that and actually bet to an opinion and say, well, we're offering two to one this, even though it's 15 to eight on the exchanges, you know, because we've got an opinion, which not many have these days. They just want to roll up, make a book, Go home yeah. and say how clever we are. Well, you aren't clever. You need, you need, like, like me, you need to be ingenuitive. And you have to work hard and you have to create an edge. And this is what on course bookmakers, they just sat there doing nothing, turning up, offering less than, less than, than Betfair. They're not sticking the neck out ever. I used to remember bookmakers, John, in the 80s and 90s on course that would absolutely stick their neck out on yeah. certain horses if they didn't like them. If they thought an horse was ungenuine, it'd be like, right, nine or four. You can nine or four, no bet fair, so there's no guide price. They'd just, they'd just go out on a limb to lay one because they didn't like right. it, John. Yep. Mickey yeah. Fletcher said to me one, one afternoon at York, he said, go get us a sandwich. I said, get your own bloody sandwich. He said, well, you brought 40 quid. Yeah. I said, what the hell are you doing? He said, well, it's all right. He said, that's a float. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mickey Fletcher stole my chips at Worcester Racecourse, and I still haven't forgiven him. I was walking out with uh, 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 oh, a chap, a few, oh, a few shares in with with, with David Wintel, and Mickey Fletcher tagged along and stole the chips and fucked off. So I've never forgotten that, and I'm, I'm still brooding about it. But I, I think right. such that way, I never wasted money on socks. 
<laughs> is that suntan though the permanent suntan but, but, but Lee's right there was a golden age of the ring where you had people like you know not always obviously for altruistic or even opinion rigs people like Dudley Roberts in the south when they were going nine to four about two to one chance you had to be very careful because Dudley you know traded off information had f- fantastic contacts but you know you would get bookmakers standing an opinion to really good money and obviously in the north you had Colin Webster and, and all those kind of characters and it was just a livelier place. I mean, I think there's a, the Andrew Smith Festival Racing calls them commission agents now. They're there just to take a little bit of commission, you know, lay a bit, put it back on the machine and, and nick a few quid's expenses. And I just don't get the sense that they're as big, big bookmakers with an opinion around anymore. Well, if Jeff Banks was as good as what he thinks he is, um, I mean, my challenge to Jeff Banks that moans about, you know, COVID and, and the, the, the inability to work. I'm sure in this last year, Jeff must have put a, a good year into the form, but while he's not been able to do much and maybe self, got himself an opinion and yeah. maybe strike the odd one or two to the on yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like the old days. The credit you say, come racing, it's tax free. You know, you you can you can shop around, get better better prices than what you can in the betting shop. So, what are the on course bookmakers offering now? Diddly squat. Other than we'll offer you less than what Betfair offer, and we'll we can even we can even edge off if we feel like it. But but advocates for the ring like Simon not consistently say, ah, uh, maybe, but you can get a thick bet on it. So if you're moaning and bleating about restrictions, come racing, we'll lay you what you want. That, that, well, that's the advocates of the ring are saying that. I don't know, it's true, I haven't been racing for young. But well, I, I'm not I'm not quite so sure. Um I mean I mean we hear about all these, you know, like big bets on star sports in these yeah. blogs, but I think Ben Ben, who's a lovely man likes to take on the, the punter rather yeah. than the, the he takes on the man like in poker. Yeah, if he if he player, thinks he I can mean. beat if he thinks he can beat the player, he'll take him on. But then if a random randomer comes up wanting, say, these kind of bets, it's like not a chance in hell you'll get you'll you'll get it. Um he's got to know the man that's playing. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like yeah, Stallion yeah. and Blogger walking up with the yeah. Yeah. you know it, it's it's the you know you you'll you'll take them on all day. But it's it's like you say, it, that's how it is. But so on course bookmakers need to do something different, maybe to re revitalize the game and the market. Maybe make, make me go on course, make me have a have a have a look on course. If you want to take money, then then come up with some uh, suitable odds that you think you can beat me on. You know, I mean, Ben Keith always says, "Oh, I'll beat you on the shows on on Saturday racing and stuff like that." And but well, you know, let let let's see it on course. Let's let's attract people back to the race course and back to what it used to be. Uh, lively betting rings. Yeah. Anyway, we can't solve the problem of betting because big bookmakers have got it uh, by the balls. Um, but we're going to move on now to discuss a little bit about York coming up this week. Um, big podcast on Tuesday night. Uh, myself, uh, John, and uh, Andy Richmond, uh, Bickley 14, will be on on Tuesday. And I'm also trying to get bets from our Irish fair maiden, Catherine Fry, and Nick Davis, um, Zilzal, I've also requested Nick sends his best bets for York so you don't want to miss Tuesday's show, it will be bumper um, and we've, and I can tell you now me and John have got some two cracking naps for York this week so we're very excited um, first question comes from Pip Larkin friend of the show, be, appeared on the show appeared on the sermon as Pip a big racing fan she says are, are either of you attending the Ebo next week uh, and John, if you could go, only go on one day, what do you think the best day of the of the York, of the York meeting is? Well, yes, we are attending the Ava meeting. Um, we're in, I believe we're in the middle of the track on the Wednesday. It's the gin and pit enclosure. Yeah, Wednesday. and and then we're pushing it up on uh, Thursday, aren't we? With whistle and float on. Yeah, the yeah. shoes are polished. Yeah. The shagging. Well, the reason why you're putting, you know, nice clothes on is it invite or <laughs> blagging, blagging an invite from somebody. Well, well, we're actually meeting Andy Richmond and oh, okay. uh, and Andy's and by the way, Lydia Hislop follows us on Twitter, by the way, and um, yeah. uh, obviously John's John's a friend of Lydia from the past as well. Yeah. So we're hoping to have a little meet up. Me, John, yeah. uh, Andy, definitely, and hopefully might get Lydia at the end of the broadcast to come and um, 
and a chin wag. What about the workers? All you posh gets getting uh, getting free free comps days out. What about the workers? What about us? <laughs> Wait, it's, a, it's a north. <laughs> it's all coming out now. You, you're giving me satanic meals and clogs, but it's all champagne and shiny shoes, isn't it? <laughs> it's a north-south divide. Right. It? <laughs> it's, it's hard down south, boys. Take it from me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so so yeah. John's right. Pip 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 were there on. Um, we were there in the middle on Wednesday. If you want to come and say hello, we'll be we'll be sat with a with a rather large picnic, um, and, um, and ready to devour whilst we're uh, watching the action live from the course. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, right. Ian Davis has been on. Um, I think John answered him quite funnily today on Twitter, but he said, "If no rain, they leave the taps off, and it's quick." Could St Mark's Basilica, who got beat last time he ran on good ground, be vulnerable. And is an official rating of 127 inflated for that horse? Um, and could quicker ground give Mohafeth a chance, John? Well, like I mentioned to Ian on Twitter, if uh, Mohafeth ever became available, I would really fear for his wife's future. Right. <laughs> um, Ian really does seem dreadfully fond of this horse. Uh, I, I can't argue with his, his stance that this could be the race for him, though. Um, I think if they go a decent gallop, that's the key, you know. Um, a good, strongly run 10 furlongs on fast ground. Last time was awful for the horse, thanks to Liam Jones. For me, the horse actually proved his credentials that day, even though he got duffed into third. Because he spotted them group two horses five lengths and caught them while they were quickening, so I think I think that was a very very classy performance despite him not winning. So I, I think he's definitely a group one horse. Yeah, I, I I pretty much concur. I would say I would say borderline group one. Um, I would say he, he he's like definitely better than group two, and he's sort of just on that cusp. But yeah, I I, I agree with you, John. It's definitely more to come for Ian Davis to get excited. He'll be he'll be sat he'll be sat there bouncing away if that if <laughs> you don't want yeah you just see it. I mean I mean Chris does 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 O'Brien give you a cause for concern um, with with the stable form of the yard? Uh, Nick the Nip has been on and he said um, and this was the other day. I don't know if he's had any winners since. I think it was about Thursday when he sent this. Um, but he, but apparently he's had two winners from his last 32 runners. Yeah, um, I, I, I suppose it must do. But, but you know, I, I think the workhouses are full of people that have tried to second guess uh, that mob. So on paper, yes, it would. But it wouldn't surprise me that they come and have a have a Beezer uh, event, uh, a Beezer festival there. You just can't second guess those guys. But uh, yeah, you, you'd, you'd want them to have more winners by now, wouldn't you? Going into the, to, to York, but who knows with those people? Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, uh, John, do do you think uh, can you see them running St Mark's Basilica and Love? No, no, absolutely not. No. Um, I think Love will go to France. St Mark's Basilica will run. I think haven't they got that other filly in there? Um. um the one with the pedigree. Oh, the Joan of Arc. Yeah, I think she'll probably make the run in the one man waste, you know. Joan of Arc's on fire, I hear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all week. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's <laughs> 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 well funny. Yeah. Um, I do love bad jokes. Yeah, um, that, that's I do. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with you, John, on that. Um, I would say that if anyone's planning the the York portfolio, I know some people hate that word, hate that word um, uh, for, for for the week. Um, I believe the ground will probably start good. Good around six point nine is my stab. Um, the reason being, we had a little bit of rain overnight last night. We had a little shower this morning. Um, tomorrow's dry. I think Tuesday we're due to get a little bit overnight. Um, so I just think it'll hold, hold firm. The temperatures aren't that warm here, going to be 17 to 19. And it's not, it's it's quite, it's, it wouldn't be that warm. So I would say we're going to start on good. I don't think it'd be any worse though than good ground come day one. 
Um, so if you if you are playing, I hope that's useful, and I hope I've got it right. Um, so we've got a great week in prospect, and like I said, Tuesday show is going to be good because I know for a fact me and John have got great naps. Not spoke to Andy; he's been he's been he's been with the Welsh for the last week. Um, don't know why, but he, he loves the Welsh, does Andy? And he's he's been <laughs> he's been potted every night. I've I've seen per, per, uh, purse on his Twitter. Person getting drunk. Maybe Dad Burchell's giving him a winner. Yeah, um, Di, he'd probably seen Di Burchell and, and and a few of the Foss last mob. Probably the Welsh Mafia. They're they're the ones to get in with. Um, yeah. but, but Andy's back and he's back on Tuesday and he assures me that he's gonna uh, have something good for us. Um, one more more point from Ian Sears. Um, he said after David Jennings' column yesterday, are he a rider cup of racing? Do you think they had a bet at the Racing Post Xmas party? Who could come up with the most stupid idea and actually get it printed? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll start first. David Jennings, I would say... I don't like saying this because everyone, everyone's entitled to an opinion and I, I, you know, I ain't got a problem with opinions. It's just that I, I, he's an idiot. <laughs> he's a great idiot. I, everything he writes is just complete. It's either clickbait or bullshit. I can't have him. Um, I don't read very many in Racing Post, but he seems to pop up on my timeline when Racing Post are publishing an article. He just makes no sense. Um, racing will never be about a Ryder Cup style. No. Everyone watches the Racing League if, if you can bear it, um, and literally he's only interested in what's won the race and have they got paid. As yeah. the weight cloth fell off, you know. <laughs> That's it. We couldn't give you never paid, are you? Not give a monkeys what no. team. No, it's, it's we could not give sport. a absolute it doesn't matter to us. It will it might matter to them. I don't know what prize was involved for teams. I ain't even looked. But I mean, it, the ordinary punter just cares what wins the race. And do you know what annoys me more than anything? Right. Ra- rather than give the, McCreary was fan that good on channel four. Uh, when, when you know, he, he used to make sure that the result was given. He'll say, "This wins the races. This is second. This is third and he'd give the SPs out clearly. And but now all we get, we don't get the result anymore. We get absolute waffle. Yeah. We get waffle from from pundits presenters just waffling away. Yeah. Oh, what what a lovely run that was! Blah, blah, blah. They'll be pleased. These characters will be really pleased. Yeah. It's like there's no result given for another like five or six minutes. The first thing punters want to know, did that get third? Did yeah. that get fourth? I mean, fourth place betting is now commonplace with yeah. bookmakers. Paying four places, saying 13 runners. It's commonplace. No one ever says on racing channels, this was fourth. No, no. Because you I have no regard for punters. Everyone's yeah. clicking on Sporting Life site for a full result yeah. and waiting, did that get fourth or not? Yeah. Because they're waffling over the Tannoy. The Tannoy's obviously giving the full result, and they're still waffling, uh, giving their opinion on what happened. I just, I, seriously, the, it's, it's, it's a massive annoyance. Yeah, I mean, the Ryder right, right Cup idea, you're right. It, it's profoundly stupid even to, to discuss it. It, it. Racing is the most selfish sport imaginable from a punter's perspective. All I care about, all you care about, all John cares about is what we bet and has it won or got placed. I don't care what, you know, I don't care about what the man next to me or the person next to me is bet. I'm just interested in the outcome of my bets. And that's just the nature of the game. So, you know, the idea we're trying to shoehorn this sport into some sort of team events, Ryder Cup, Shergar Cup, Racing League, it's just doomed to fail. Nobody cares. It's yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Spawn. Uh, right. To end the show, folks, um, I've got a Jimmy Lindley. Has anyone else got a Jimmy Lindley? Not me. No. No. Um, right. 210 Newbury um, on 13th of August, Friday the 13th. Well, it, it was for pun- well, it was for punters that backed one ease of Charles Hills, ridden by Jim Crowley. Um, and to be fair to the stewards, they had him in. There's a big explanation on the on the BHA website. And I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen one as bad as this in my life. I, I did this. I mean, right. He explains that he was cultish. He was trying to teach him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, this is the old, this is, this is why the Jimmy Lindley column exists because this is a t- typical Jimmy Lindley. He would have said, Oh, it was a lovely introduction by Jim, a lovely pair of hands, a lovely yeah. education. He would have learned a lot from that. Yeah. Would have learned absolute plenty from that. And I, I'd buy that argument 
because obviously, you know, I, d- I don't know what went off beforehand in the parade ring. I wasn't there, but but if he was coltish, fair enough. But Jim, Jim had got Jim had nearly got him towards about half half a length off the front, about two to go. Made absolutely zero, nothing, didn't move, right? So and he he cited the excuse that the horse was empty. Started, he felt the colt was starting to empty. Well, watch the video back, right? Watch the last, I don't know, 75 yards and tell me if that's a horse that started to empty. Jim just gave a slight nudge 75 yards out and the horse shot about two lengths clear of its of its of, of the rival that was alongside it. Well, if that's finishing empty, what was the other one like then? What was the one in seventh? Breaking out. I mean, I, listen, one ease is just, uh, I mean, Charles Hills, like, I tell you what, knowing Charles Hills, this could be, the, he, lo- he loves to target a, a, a Doncaster maiden at the ledger meeting. He did it with Crossford last year. Um, and I, I'm just wondering if one ease might turn up um, in a two-year-old maiden at the, at the ledger meeting. Um and if so, that could be very, very eye-catching. But one ease for me. Never seen anything like it. I, I besiege everyone to watch it and tell me what you think. I might How be many right. winners have you written? Yeah. Well, no, no. You know, but anything else, any, before we finish the show, chaps, anything else to add, John? I'll just watch one ease back there. I'm yeah. a bit speechless. <laughs> I'll have a look late as well. That's like that's like Jim said said to the Indians. Tech uh, uh, a grand out of this, will you? <laughs> if, um, if I'd watched that live, I'd have probably done me bollocks in running. I know. The um, just just the reference back to David Jennings that we mentioned with his article about the Ryder Cup uh, coming to racing. David Jennings reminds me of Salman Rushdie. Um, the only, yeah, the only thing Salman Rushdie's written that I got to the end of was fresh cream cakes, naughty but nice. Um, and I, that. I haven't got to the end of anything David Jennings has written. No, that's, that's that's a fair fair point, John. Like I said, he he he, he boils my piss. Does David Jennings? Um, and I, 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 I'm going to stop reading it. It's not good. Anyway, that's all from uh, me and J- me, John and Chris. Hope you've enjoyed this show. We're back on Tuesday with some more action, um, covering the Big York meeting. Before me and John are probably a bit too pissed by the end of the week uh, to be coherent. Though, don't forget Friday's show. It's a big show. So, but Tuesday is the anti-post. Uh, look at your with our best three bets uh, from all all, all all our experts. That's all from me, John and Chris. Bye for now.